0: This season of Crazy Sexy Food is sponsored by Key Jay's. Key Jays. is an independent, family-run business that has been making speciality sauces for professional chefs and home cooks like myself since 1985. Key Jay's first launched with its goldfish brand curry sauce concentrates. More recently, they launched Taste Key Jays of Suffolk inspired by travels to wonderful destinations around the world these are six authentic quick and easy cooking sauces and four asian inspired squeezy sauces my particular favorites are the spanish tomato sauce with its added paprika as well as the thai po chili sauce to rev up my meals order my favorites as well as the whole collection from keyj's that's k E-E-J-A-Y-S sources.co.uk Hello and welcome to Crazy Sexy Food. I'm your host Hannah Harley-Young. I'm interested not only in food but the people behind the food and the stories behind the people. Each episode, I sit down and talk all things food with well-known personalities, industry insiders, and people who, well, just love their food. Today, I'm joined by the beautiful Felicity Hayward, one of the UK's most successful curve models. She is as fearless as she is gorgeous and has championed plus-size modelling before it became fashionable. Her activism and determination has broken barriers in the modeling industry and her trailblazing ways and striking looks have seen her front campaigns for the likes of MAC Cosmetics, L'Oreal, Misguided, and The Body Shop. Away from the camera, she has used her platform to create the body positive hashtag self love brings beauty movement, which promotes diversity, confidence and acceptance within the fashion industry. This topic of loving yourself and your body for what it is and accepting there is no such thing as a perfect body is a conversation very close to my heart, so I'm incredibly excited to have Felicity on for a chat. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Oh, that was so nice. (laughs) Thanks, babes. Happy to be here. You you
0: needed a little (laughs) pick-me-up.
1: That was it, for sure. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I've, um... Well, I got quite late today because uh, last night I decided that I wanted to um, become a crystal dealer. Okay. Yeah, I feel like this is what what lockdown has has done to me, that I've decided, do you know what, I want to become Mystic Meg and I want to sell crystals. So what were you doing till late last night, exactly? Finding wholesalers all around the world. (laughs) I sent, my mess- I sent a message to my agents this morning and I was like, hi guys, just to let you know I feel like I'm going to start selling crystals instead. And they were like, Felicity, you need to go to sleep properly. Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> so how far did you get? Um, pretty far. You know, sorting out, sh- sorting out <laughs> shipment costs. I think what it is is that I- I'm addicted to crystals. Like, I am... So- like, Especially this year, I've- I just started to buy loads of crystals and I was like don't really want to pay the prices that I'm paying for all these stores. I'm just going to go straight to the dealers. And then actually, am I basically just funding my crystal addiction by going, I'm going to set up a crystal shop.
0: Oh, my God, this is hilarious. I know. But I also kind of love it.
1: Because the thing is, by thinking about it, right, if I did this, you know, started this as a business, maybe we could go into business together and we could travel to all the countries when we're allowed. You can do all the food things. And I could do the crystal and then we could just make a new empire.
0: And it's sort of like this holistic take (laughs) on trying new foods and investigating new cultures. And we can go to places where maybe the crystal energy is sort of in our favour. Yeah. I think we've nailed it. See? I think we've done it. It's it's happening. It's a podcast. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. (laughs) Um, Aside from crystals um, how have you been it's obviously been a crazy wild year we were kind of talking a bit before we started recording that um, we haven't seen each other in a while also because there have been no events but how have you kind of been coping with the ups and downs of it?
1: I mean I can't say it's been the best year I think anyone uh, everyone is going through so much and it's it's strange because all of my friends, like everyone, is going through so many different changes. And anything that, you know, there's been a lot, lot of people have passed away, people have lost their jobs, people have had to move home. Um, it, it's been it's been quite crazy. And like people like myself and yourself that that travel a lot, that do a lot of things, it's it's halted. It's made you kind of not only humble yourself in a in a very different way, but also. I don't know I found comfort in things that I didn't before um and have very very much slowed down and tried to I mean when you just get thrown from doing everything at hundred miles an hour to like now you're now you're locked in and you can't you can't leave I was living on my own at the time the first lockdown uh, my flatmate had to move back to America and it was just like uh, what are we gonna do you know mm. I have a platform where you know, I promote body positivity and confidence and I see it as a little kind of bubble of positivity online. And I felt that I had to keep that momentum going because I have so many, you know, young eyes on me that that look up to me that I have to maintain that. So I started to do all these kind of self-love, self-care videos through the start of lockdown, which was like, and actually forcing myself into doing those things was actually helping me personally because I was like right I'm not used to being still so I'm going to make all these different videos of like it's just like how to make I mean you're, you'll love this actually like how to make um you know at home face masks with things that you've got in the cupboard um so people don't realize you know I love that that's so good yeah using bananas using avocados using you know um Sugar and making like sugar scrubs and and actually it was quite fun because it's like you guys have probably got all this in the cupboard anyway. Let's take some time in this weird situation to to look after ourselves.
0: Yeah, I mean it's mad and I guess I, I like what you said about you were sort of wanting to put content out there because there are a lot of young eyes on you. But actually, whilst you were doing it, you were kind of helping yourself mm-hmm. because I feel like a lot of people perhaps could have felt like oh I've just got to put a face on and and keep you know reaching these people and and making sure they're okay whilst not necessarily looking after myself so I'm glad that you kind of got something out of that as well and to make it a little bit more topical what have you had for breakfast this morning if you have eaten this is really
1: embarrassing I've had um I've had (laughs) Right, guys, this is really embarrassing because it's not—it's not very good. Because what time is it? It's quarter past twelve. Um, you guys can't see me, but I've—I've—I've I've, I've got wet hair. Um, and she I, looks great. Guys, I've no, been up, I've been up all night looking for crystals, guys. So I've had an Alpro Soya Chocolate Milk. Nice. And a bag of proper chips—sour <laughs> cream, cheese, and chai-flavored chips.
0: I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm actually very much here for that. Yeah. Uh, I believe that a path of a crisp for breakfast is <laughs> a breakfast of champions. <laughs> and at the end uh. of this chat, you'll know why crisps are so special for me, because wait till you get to your little quick fire round. Great. So we're very much like you're kind of way ahead of me. So I'm very happy about this. I want to just take it back a bit to your childhood. Um, You were born and raised in a little place called Bury St. Edmunds, which is in Suffolk, which I do know where it is because I've been there before. I want to know what life was like growing up for you. What were you eating? Who was cooking in the household? You know, was food important to you? Kind of tell me like about the formative years.
1: I mean, so I grew up with, uh, my mum and dad broke up when I was two. um, And I grew up with, uh, I lived with my mum mainly. I didn't get to see my dad too much. Not his fault, by the way. Um, I love my dad's pieces. I saw him every two weeks. Um, And and I grew up with my mum and my brother. Um, My mum didn't have too much money, to be honest. And I do remember kind of eating wasn't exactly, we were kind of, given whatever we had yeah. um and I had this conversation yesterday with my cousin um so my cousin Clarice my mom and her mom are sisters um her mom did really well and has like a, a really amazing hair salon and my mom was working doing her best in like working in pubs and garages and stuff and we've got this ongoing joke about a chicken sandwich okay so when my mum used to make us sandwiches we used to get you know processed ham on like the you know just the bread like standard bog standard sandwiches but whenever we used to go to my auntie's she used to make roast chicken sandwiches from a full roast chicken and I thought it was the poshest thing to ever (laughs) exist so we'd go around there it'd be like warm bread and she'd obviously cut up the chicken and like mix it with a little bit of mayonnaise and like salt pepper and seasoning and it'd be a hot I mean I'm starving now like a hot crusty Roast chicken sandwich. Oh, my God. So, we've got this ongoing joke that my auntie Tonya makes the best chicken sandwiches. But I don't really too often talk about, like, food growing up with my mum because she just didn't have much money. So, in, in a kind of sense, that it was a very basic food that we grew up. And then when I used to go and see my dad, um, I used to get to see my dad every kind of two weeks. He would let me pick whatever I wanted in the supermarket because... He was treating me as his child that he didn't get to see much. And I remember when I was younger, there was a Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles apple pizza. (laughs) I don't know. I was obviously just like, I'm going to get whatever I can because my dad would, you know, um, let me have whatever I want for the supermarket. So I'd just go for the most outrageous foods. I don't think, if I'm quite honest with you, I don't think I was brought up on the The most nutritious food.
0: Can we just go back
1: to the Teenage
0: Mutant Ninja Turtle pizza? Can you explain what that was? Because I'm actually really intrigued now. It had apple on it.
1: Because obviously you so know, d- was it more maybe was it like a dessert
0: pizza?
1: I, I, do you know what? I can't remember because it was definitely because you know that they love pizzas in in the cartoon, right? But it had a weird flavoring on it, and because they're green, I think I, I'm pretty certain. Do you, do you want me to Google it? I mean, we're going to have to at some point. I'm going to be so embarrassed if it's not apple, but it was
0: definitely <laughs> like this. It was a weird. Well, It was pizza probably stuff. something green. It, it, they'd obviously, if it wasn't apple, it would be something that they'd coloured green to kind of make. Yeah. That's so cool because yeah. I had I grew up with brothers who loved the uh, the turtles. So yeah,
1: I spent a lot of time with my grandparents, and they were very much like very traditional, like British. Food like steak and kidney pie, sort of like roast dinners, like very, very kind of very British kind of, yeah. Once my American friend said to me, she was just like, we walked past a pie and mash shop, and I was like, oh my god, let's go get pie and mash. And she was like, ew, why do you guys still eat war food? And I was just like, don't try me. I was like, American food is literally full of so much chemicals, and you're trying to to pie and mash. Go home, honorable
0: Don't try also, with me today. Do not mess with Felicity and her pie and
1: mash. Do you know what I mean? I was like, you literally, there is so many, there's so many things in America, in American food that are banned in this country. And you're trying to come at me for not wanting pie and mash.
0: Also, to be honest with you, I don't know about you, but whenever I go to America, as soon as I step off a plane, I literally blow up. <laughs> There's something about... There's something... I mean, I love America dearly, but as soon as I eat their food, breathe their air, it's like something happens to my body and I just turn into a different person.
1: Hilarious.
0: I know. I don't know what it is, but anyway. And as you were then kind of, you know, entering your teens, you know, becoming a young, fabulous adult, were you always interested in fashion? Like, was it something that you knew that you wanted to get into?
1: You know what? I think my... My biggest inspiration with fashion is is my nan, Sybil, because when I was growing up in in, in this small town, um, you know, I had bigger thighs, I had a bigger bum than everyone else. And, you know, especially back then, there wasn't clothing in the high street that my, you know, when my friends were going into Topshop that I couldn't find the jeans in my size or if I did they'd be like the ugly, like ugly mum jeans. They weren't like the cool stuff that everyone else had. When my friends were shopping in Tammy Girl, I had to shop in ETAM, you know, it was, it it wasn't that great. And and my nan was the one that kind of kept my spirits high and was like, no, we're gonna go charity shopping. We're gonna go to car boot sales. We're gonna find all of these different things. And she would kind of, she'd she'd make things for me. Like we'd have like craft afternoons where we'd make stuff together. And she herself, is the best dressed woman I've ever seen in my life. And she has that, like my grandparents are working class, like come from nothing, still in the same house that they were with all their kids. um, But every single every single time I go see my grandparents, my nan, all I remember is, and still to this day, she wears like bright knit cardigans and bright blazers. We're talking oh, sort of like raspberry, raspberry colored with like a big pearl brooch or like an emerald green jacket. Like she used color and shapes to kind of like, ooze this elegance. And like, she used so many different fabrics and stuff. That she, I just thought she was the most glamorous, beautiful person on this planet, but she didn't have much money. And I think that's that's who's the person that's inspired me to dress the way I do. Cause she's kind of like, you know, just do yourself. Like, let's find things that that you love and let's make these things happen. I re- That's
0: such a lovely inspiration to have. And it's interesting that you touched on um, what you were saying about when you would go shopping with your friends because you and I kind of grew up in the same era in that sort of like late 90s when if you ever looked in fashion magazines, it was that real kind of like heroin chic, mm. skinny is sexy. You know, that was the stuff that I was growing up looking at. And, you know, I was also quite a curvy girl growing up and I used to have a lot of self-confidence issues and I wondered how you coped with that knowing that your thighs were a bit bigger than your friends because what you've done with it in later life shows me that you probably coped with it a little bit better than I did because I wasn't so confident about the way that I looked and that's why I really wanted to bring you on today Um, but yeah I just wondered how you felt when you were looking at kind of like what was deemed sexy and, I guess, acceptable in the, in that time?
1: I guess I truly think that when I was younger, when all this was happening, I was spending so much time with my grandma and, like, you know, I was really into music, I was really into art. I was focusing myself and I was a bit of a loner, but, like, I, I loved it. And I almost i've said this quite a few times i think when i was younger i used clothing as an armor to kind of hide myself so i was oozing this confidence to the outside world and i'd be walking through town i'd cut my hair i'd dye, it, you know cut my hair into a mullet i'd want to look like Rod stewart i'd have leopard leggings <laughs> on and like you know a bright pink blazer because that was kind of inspired by my music taste by my nan's fashion and i i kind of gave a big you know F you to kind of society at that point because I was like I'm just gonna dress so eccentric and so over the top that I can use that as an armor and I don't think it was really until I was sort of 18 and I I moved to London that I started to find loads of other people that were you know looked like me and they were kind of basically all the little freaks from the small towns had come together and it was like Oh no, actually, like, this is a cool thing. Like, you know, let's just be ourselves. And and eventually, like, layers of that armor started to peel off and I started to feel more comfortable in my body. And then, obviously, I got scouted and I became a model. And it was never something that was in my mind to become a thing because there was never anybody growing up that that I felt represented me. It was, you know, if you were ever to see anyone that was curvy – um, plus size, whatever term you like to use, uh, in any sort of there was they didn't exist in fashion magazines. They only existed in the gossip magazines in Woolworths, saying like, you know, this so and so has put on so much weight. Look at her cellulite. She's on the beach. Like she's disgusting. So we were we was kind of brought up to be like, don't show your body if it's bigger, yeah, at all. Yeah. So when someone was like, you know, do a shoot, and I was like. Uh, do you know what my nan will like this? Like my nan will be proud of me. Like it'll be like really fun and exciting. And the shoot was with Miles Aldridge. That was the first guy that kind of scouted me to do a shoot as Anna Nicole Smith.
0: Can I just, sorry to interrupt, but you were scouted whilst impersonating Anna Nicole Smith, <laughs> dancing to Diana Ross in an East London pub. When you say impersonating Anna Nicole
1: Smith, I feel like it, that wasn't intentional.
0: I feel like I was just I don't care. It, st- just <laughs> run with it because the story is brilliant. I mean, what a sentence. And were
1: you actually scouted by Miles himself? So no, it was um their team. So it was like, we've got this shoot with Miles. <laughs> Basically, we've got this shoot with Miles, like that they planned to do like in honor of Anna Nicole Smith. They just hadn't found the right person and they were just like, Okay, it's you. And I was like, Yeah, no, there be you fun. were. And the thing is, as well, it's like I, I moved to London to do a degree in photography. So, like, I like loved his work. And, like, you know, I remember whilst I was at uni, like, trying to get in with any photographers and it just failing. I'm thinking, like, I'm not even sure I want to do this anymore. So i gone from being behind the camera trying to do it and then just, you know, out. Probably having a piña colada, having a bit of a darts, and then ended up in front of the camera in front of someone that I idolized. It was it was pretty mad actually. When you kind
0: of did break into the industry, what was the reception
1: like? Well, so the shoot the shoot came out, and there was like a launch party for the magazine and. It was basically all my friends, you know, like from the industry and the people out at the pub and stuff. So I didn't really see it. It was just a bit of a celebration. I was just more excited. I couldn't even afford the magazine. It was about 16 quid. It was a huge magazine. So I just kind of gone there to try to get a couple of copies so I could take one home to my nan. And uh, at that time I was working, I mean, several jobs and I was working at... um, a lesbian speed dating night at the retro bar in Charing Cross that I was a bartender at. And they were like, Oh, you can't have your phone um, behind the bar because you're distracted or whatever. But I didn't care. So I had my phone behind the bar and I checked it and I had an email from a modeling agency and it was like, Hi, I just wondered if anyone was representing you. And I literally thought like, who is punking me? Like this is, Like, this is a joke. And then I read the name, and it was Siobhan Doherty. And I was like, isn't she a sugar babe? Like, I'm a bit confused here. And I was like, hang on. She she is. She's one of the original sugar babes, and she's working at Storm. And she's just emailed me asking me if I want to, you know, get signed by Storm. And I'm like, you know, and at the same time, everyone's on dates in this bar, and I don't know what songs we were playing, but it was like a bit of a party. And I was like, is it... Is this the truth? What's Truman happening? Show? What's happening? And I, I went into the agency. Siobhan
0: and became a model agent. She did. Yeah. No way. Yeah.
1: So um Wow, I had no idea. Yeah, amazing. Obviously, she's back I now love it. and they're all doing music again, which is fantastic. Yeah. But um, yeah, she obviously just did a little stint there. But um yeah, so I went in, got signed, and I was like, I don't even think they had a curved board at the time. I think there was another couple of models there who were sort of size 10. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I know. Um, I, I didn't have a long uh, a long time there, to be honest. It, it didn't really work out for me. Um, and I left and I joined Milk Model Management, who I've been with for the, the last sort of seven, eight years now, who are actually incredible um, and really kind of love Uh, plus size and really represent people for their individuality you know as i
0: mentioned um in the intro you know you are one of the most well-known british curve models uh in the uk i actually have an issue with the word curve and i wanted to get your thoughts on this do you feel like the word curve model or plus size model is necessary why can't it just be you're a model?
1: I mean, I I I 100% agree with you that it wouldn't it just be great if it was a model, but the problem that we have yeah. is that when I first started, um, you know, the term plus size was was used because people didn't understand. You know, at the beginning it was almost like, oh, we've got plus size models, you know, girls that are a bit bigger, but like they can kind of do the same thing and the term plus size itself was then used by so many like bloggers and YouTubers and influencers and people online who were, you know, at the forefront of the body positive movement. They were using the term and they made it into such a like a positive term. So it became like this kind of online community where they were making the term plus size into a positive affirmation. So, you know, you're plus size and you're proud. So it's a difficult one for me because I I, I feel the love from the terminology, but at the same time, I do not agree that, you, you know, if you have the terminology plus size, why don't you have the term minus size? We don't, because again, in society, mm-hmm. we're just, you know, pushing all the negative and all of our hatred onto people that are bigger, which I mean, that's, a, that's a whole nother story in itself, but I agree with you. You know, I, I use, I still use the term curve. I still use the term plus size. Um, you know, it, it it's difficult because if I turn around to someone and say, Hey, I'm a model, they literally look you up and down. I like, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're still, we're still not out we're still, of the woods yet. You know, we're still not there. So, um, I personally don't have an issue with people if they call me plus size, if they call me curve. It's not a problem to me, but I do agree on the fact that like, can we just get to a place where we don't need, we when we don't need these these terms? Mm. Um, so yeah, it's, it, it's difficult because it's, like I said, it's come from a place of love. Um, whereas it might've come from a place of uh, not so much love within the industry, but people have made it into you know something that's that's positive so we could get rid of it yeah
0: yeah I think we're gonna get rid of it as of today I've decided (laughs) um so as (laughs) as you've obviously like gone from strength to strength in your career how has your relationship with food been because you know the fashion industry is notorious for Putting a lot of pressures on women. Um, I've spoken to a quite. I've spoken to a couple other sort of ex models on previous seasons, and the stories I've heard when they've gone to Paris and someone's taken them into a toilet and like poked at all the parts of their body that need to be changed, and it's just like I literally oh don't even God. know how someone could even allow those words to come out of their mouth. But you know, how has the relationship been sort of in later life?
1: look I I don't you know the funniest thing is I don't think I've ever really spoken to anyone about food like and it's it's quite it's quite nice to be openly speaking about it to be honest because like I said like when I was younger like my mum did her best but I don't think looking back on it when I was really young I don't think we ate too well we were never really forced to eat fruit and vegetables really and I think When I left home at 18, it was kind of like I was in this whole new world of like, oh, my God, I can I can cook and have whatever I wanted. And I saw food as quite a fun, like a fun thing of like I can eat and have whatever I want. And, you know, I got into a relationship with someone when I was 18 and he was like a big foodie. So he used to cook like huge portions of food. And as a partner, you would end up kind of eating the same amount as him. And and my weight did even get you know, my, my weight did get bigger, but I loved food. I loved, it was so exciting to me because I was like, I've got all of these new things I can try. I'm an absolute queen of the yellow sticker, by the way. I mean, I love a yellow sticker. (laughs) What's a yellow sticker? But don't tell me that you don't know what a yellow sticker is you know when you go in the supermarket and they've got all the reduced oh, ones
0: yes yeah, me, me too <laughs> I didn't know we I didn't know it's called a yellow sticker I
1: mean I think it's called a yellow sticker that's what I always call it like oh let's go have a look at the yellow stickers today, oh place. I
0: love I love something reduced we, we get the, I mean
1: <laughs> <laughs> you go to the yellow Listen. sticker and you go right I know I've just come out with you know like an onion, um, some yogurt and a bag of potatoes, but like, you know, and a cucumber, but I'm going to make this work. Like we're going to, we're going to make a meal of this. I've just bought a, a tabletop freezer because I don't have enough freezer space. So I'm just, That's cool. Just bought a new freezer, babes, so a little one to go on the top just to get another extra few bits because I'm Love making that. loads of food at the moment and I'm, I'm wanting to, you know, to store it, but I can't because it's got a yeah. tiny little freezer and, and I'm not going to lie to you, it's probably because the fact that my freezer is full of bougie ice cubes. I take my, I take my gin drinking very seriously. I don't, you can see behind, I have, I have a bit of a bar behind me, but. Yeah, you know, I've
0: seen your bar. I want your bar, by the way.
1: But you know, I'm not talking about regular ice cubes. I've got, you know, I've got ice cubes in the, in the shapes of stars. I've also got like, you know, the big, fat, chunky squares.
0: Love them. You know that you get when you go to a posh, posh
1: cocktail bar yeah you know you just need one just one just one in the car yeah. and it just
0: sits it sits there all night perfectly yeah. just like and it doesn't even really melt to be honest it just sort of stays there
1: have you paused again no i'm here oh you were just i'm re- just i'm just you were really oh i'm just like to-
0: to- <laughs> i was re-
1: <laughs> i'm done i'm done oh my god <laughs> be gentle with your ice cubes babes i can't cope with you
0: She thought I'd frozen. (laughs) Oh my God. But just bring it back to your relationship with food. So do you, like, listen, we're all humans. We all have our moments, but, you know, do you, have you had moments of sort of self-doubt or struggles or, you know, you sort of, I know that you mentioned that when you were with uh, that ex-boyfriend, you know, you did find that you were eating a little bit more because you were eating the same portion sizes that he was. And I've actually been in that position as well. How do you kind of navigate that?
1: I think, I guess it's kind of like, you know, it's a, and especially with that partner, when I was eating a lot more with him as well, I'd just gone on to um, the contraceptive pill. So my weight anyway changed. And he was the partner when I found out, that like, you know, that I basically got stretch marks when I was with him all across my stomach. And that really did affect me when I was that age because I was very confused by, by everything but it was a concoction of you know overeating because i was eating the same as him going on the contraceptive pill so my body it i really reacted badly to that one um and i remember i was i was in the bathroom i was getting ready to have a shower and i took my jeans off and i i, I saw loads of like marks in my stomach like red marks and you know when you have like over you've overeaten or you're basically just like you're wearing jeans I mean, yeah, <laughs> and you get the creases. And I took my jeans off and yeah. I was like, oh, there's these like red marks on it. So I had a shower. I was like, it'll come off. And I, I'm getting out showing it and it didn't. And I was like, what is this? And then over a course of the week, it was like like tree branches just grew up my stomach that were red. And because I'd never seen any, um, I'd never seen any women with with stretch marks in the media. It was definitely not normalized. And, and because my mom didn't get stretch marks when she was pregnant, which is actually... She was, you know, that's that's very uncommon, actually. You know, the majority mm, of women get stretch marks when they're, when they're pregnant. Yeah. I thought there was something wrong yeah. with me, but again, I do think that I didn't ever diet or anything like that. I didn't change the way I was. I almost just kept adding layers of this armor on top of me with clothing that was just like, I don't care, whatever, don't care. Just like constantly, I'm confident. Doesn't matter that my body's changing. Mm. I've got a boyfriend, I don't care, like I was young. And maybe I was eating the wrong things at that time, but I wasn't really ever educated on food enough to know what was really good for me and wasn't. And it wasn't until I kind of, you know, grew up and started to live around other people and, and, you know, we had an allotment and started to grow our veg and, you know, started to eat a lot better. And I don't think I ever really ate badly. I just probably ate the wrong things for my body, which is something that you don't really realize until, you know, unless you've you've been surrounded by like, you know, foodies your whole life, you don't really realize until you're a lot older. And I now know that like dairy is not my friend, you know. Um, it's caused me so many different skin issues um, in the last sort of five years that if I'd have known that when I was younger, I would have maybe, you know, stop being a cheese monster, but I, but I, you know.
0: But that's just so difficult, isn't it? (laughs) Um, I'm just going to have to say it, like, you know, just trying to cut cheese out, it's like trying to stop yourself from breathing. Yeah. Talk to me about uh, the movement that I mentioned, the uh, hashtag self-love brings beauty and why you wanted to create it.
1: Well, when I started my career... Um, a lot of the time, you know, I dealt with my body being changed from when I was younger until now. I got thrown in the industry. I, I believed I was making such a positive change, um, and every time I had an interview with someone, they always brought up my diet and my gym routine, and I, and I, it was very confusing to me at the time because I was like, I've just done a campaign for Mac Cosmetics, and you're asking me what I had. For dinner, I mean, I know you asked me what I have for breakfast this morning, but this is yeah, a, this is no, a, but, this is a food yeah. podcast. We're talking about food. This is the whole point. <laughs> if this was a makeup podcast and you were talking to me about that, then there's a different issue. Yeah, but you <laughs> totally. know, it's like it was it was so frustrating because I felt I was so proud of these moments that I'd achieved, and then I was being shut down by so many journalists always about these things, and I just felt that you know, if these journalists had self-love within themselves then maybe they could understand that everyone is beautiful in their own right so I was kind of like yeah self-love you know brings beauty self-love and and it just kind of rolled off my tug and I thought do you know what that's quite good actually and and let's let's try and do something with that and um my best friend was an illustrator so she was like let's just draw something so we kind of drew my hands I was like let's do a love heart and and my hands did this you guys can't see me but you can babes and we made a logo <laughs> and I made a hashtag and I was like let's just have these conversations of like what does self-love mean to you like how can you what what are the things that make you happy and and if we can share our stories with each other then maybe that these stories can be shared so much that they can get you know they can they can get to these journalists where they're like actually you know what, she should be able to have a MAC cosmetics campaign and it, and it, that's fine and we shouldn't have to talk about everybody's health because you don't go in to talk about, you know, if there's a, a, a model that's a lot smaller on the smaller side and she's just ca- fronted a campaign, do you think you would go into a press conference and say, oh, have you not been eating? Is that why you've got this job? Mm. Like, you wouldn't mm. do that to a smaller model. So why do you feel that you have the, you know, feel the need that you... and that you can do that to me like it's it's not it's not okay so i created it because i wanted to be like here's a space where i'm promoting this and and you should listen because your outdated kind of views on society society sorry <laughs> your you know your outdated views on society and um standards of beauty are are in the past babes and and you need to go over that
0: obviously i i know i mentioned that we sort of grew up in the same era and I massively, massively struggled with the way that I looked for the most of my teen years. And I kind of wish, well, I need to be careful how I say this, but it's not that I wish I was growing up now because actually I could not have grown up with the pressures of social media at Mm. all. But what I wish was that these kinds of conversation and the narrative that has changed so dramatically from when I was growing up was happening then yeah. because you know there are certain people out there in the limelight who have who I'm not going to name their names but there's a very famous family who have <laughs> Don't <need> promoted to. <laughs> a, who have promoted a certain body shape that when I was growing up was deemed unattractive mm-hmm. and not something that you would want but actually that was kind of the body shape I had. I mean, it wasn't that enhanced, but you know what I'm trying to yeah. say. And, and then I look nowadays and I'm like, my God, there's all these young girls trying to look this way. And I'm and I'm still amazed by it on a daily basis that that's something that people are aspiring to. when I was so desperately trying to get away from it only what, 15 years ago, 16 years ago. And it's just so interesting that we've, I mean, look, yeah, 15 years is a long time, but it's also not a long time.
1: It's funny. And I... so,
0: yeah, sorry, go on. No,
1: I've tried to butt in twice now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you just wait your turn, Felicity, please. God. <laughs>
1: <I> just...
0: <laughs> All right, you can put your hand up now.
1: <laughs> Actually, I'm put my hand up. Uh,
0: yes, Felicity.
1: <laughs> no, it's just because I, I, I wanted to say this before I forgot, but... Don't you remember in school when, you know, especially when you're doing PE? Actually, not just that, not actually just us, but generally like our, our parents or, our, you know, females in our lives. Well, the the question would be, does my bum look big in this? And the answer would be like, no, 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 no. It looks fine. Don't worry. Your bum isn't, you know, and you fast forward yeah. to now and it's like, because of a certain family and because of certain body trends, it's like, does my bum look big in this? It's like, it couldn't be big enough. Yeah. Big booty yeah. crew is now in fashion no, totally
0: and it's like if someone says to you your bum does look small you're like oh well no that's not the answer I wanted
1: but how the narratives have just changed over decades and I've, I've spoke so much about this because it's like you know fashion comes and goes fashion there is trends yeah. in fashion that's very easy to change and to throw a piece of clothing on and off but body trends is something that I'm so worried about in this, it's terrifying in this decade and, and in this time that, you know, the girls are getting all of these things done to their body. When the next body trend comes, like they're causing harm on themselves. It's not, it's not just a blue eyeliner of the 80s and a certain hairstyle where you can grow your hair back, get a wig, dye it, like shave it off. We're, we're talking about, serious chemicals and stuff that girls are putting in their body and when the new change happens because the internet is such a powerful place what what are they going to do no
0: i know you've got girls
1: that are going to get like injections in motels in in america by doctors that are not doctors and they're getting concrete injected into their bodies and they're dying of infections because these women are promoting an ideal and pretending that it's their real bodies
0: I'm so surprised that it hasn't kind of, someone hasn't come in and like properly intervened. Like it scares me in a way. Like, you know, if I ever had a daughter, what I'd, what I'd feel comfortable with her, like
1: watching or, or seeing out there, like it, it really scares me. It's about honesty. That's all it is about. And if you're in a position where your family is making billions of pounds of advertising and you are advertising a lot of beauty products and, and, and God knows what else. I mean there was a situation last year or maybe the year before which I commented on which is Kim Kardashian was promoting um lollipops. Oh yeah. You know about that. Were these were these the diet lollipops? Yes. Like they stopped your appetite. I'm not being funny, <laughs> but, but like I mean when you when you fancy something sweet babes like like you know, we're of the same age You know, when we want something sweet, I'm pretty sure you're going to go for a big old slice of cake or like ice cream or like fruit. I don't think me and you are going to go for a like plastic lollipop because lollipops are targeted at children and young teenagers. It's It's a very,
0: very dangerous territory. You know, it's not just lollipops. It's uh, the tease Mm. that in 30 days you can drop, you know, two stone or something. I mean, it's just it's so and, you know, if you really look into it medically, you know, you're really going to drop two stone in 30 days. If you're dropping two stone in 30 days, you really actually need need to look into that because that's so incredibly dangerous for your body to do that. And then it just, it's just, it's a vicious cycle. It's a vicious cycle. How do you think we are going to change this narrative of everybody wanting this perfect body? You mentioned actually something about being honest. Do you think that's one of the ways to just be like honest? Like if you are going to change something about yourself or enhance yourself, be open about it. Like how do we change the narrative for future generations or our children um, in the sense that, have a healthy relationship with food, exercise. There is no such thing as this perfect, ideal structure that we're all trying to maintain or 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 have.
1: I think the thing that I would suggest to do is is you know, especially if you have children or, or not even if you just have children, but yourself is follow people online that are that are being honest. So people that are showing pictures of their 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 true self. You know whether it's showing the stretch marks, showing their cellulite. Sh- like, you know, if you see someone on a magazine cover that is showing true diversity in whichever shape or form that is, support them. And I don't think people realise the power of their likes and their comments and their engagements. Like, for example, even sharing pictures of certain people who, are have, who have these fake bodies who are pretending they're real, even sharing them, you're giving them money. Because, the more shares, the more engagement. And I don't want to, you know, be on here saying that I have an issue with people that have surgery or change their bodies. Because I don't. I, you know, um, my mum's had a boob job. She's been flat chested her whole life, and she wanted a boob job, and she's so much more confident and happy now. And I'm so happy for her. But she didn't go online and go, oh, it's fashionable to have big boobs. So I'm going to have big boobs, get the surgery done and pretend I haven't because it yeah. If you go from yeah. being flat-chested to having big boobs, how are you going to lie about it? And but this is what people mm. are doing. It's it's stop engaging, liking, sharing in people that are being dishonest with you and carry on supporting people who are, you know, fighting for change and are being real. Because the more the more of us that are online doing this the more popular it becomes, the more that you know brands and you know media outlets will listen to what's popular. If you make real popular, it will become popular in society. If we keep on feeding this beast of like fakery, it's going to continue to to run its course, you know, um, and it has a negative effect on all of us. Mic drop. <laughs>
0: Do you know what I mean? no i'm i listen. i'm I'm sitting here and I'm nodding, and i'm like i I have nothing else to add because you're absolutely right, absolutely right, just bringing it slightly back to the food uh obviously this year we've all had to uh brush up or uh somewhat become better at cooking yeah. <laughs> what have been <laughs> what have been some of your specialities at home?
1: Um, so I've been taking a lot more time because usually I am a girl that's on the go. So it's dinners out and, and takeaways and I hardly have time to cook. So, um, I've now rebranded myself as thigh jella. I thought that was a, <gasps> yeah.
0: I love it. You heard it here
1: first, babes. Um, I love it. <laughs> I have been getting like fresh deliveries, um, from a fish company called Woods Fish so basically, what, okay. what's what been so funny as well about this um, this whole uh, lockdown, like, kind of year is a lot of the suppliers who um, were, like, maybe, well, they were all supplying to all the restaurants in London. Now they've been closed. They've been trying to do sort of more, um, sh- you know, delivering to families. So I've actually discovered so many more sort of independent, amazing um, family-run businesses. So I've been getting all this fish delivered, um Mm. prawn um prawn mango avocado salsa tacos has been has been a a bit of a winner in my household also grazing platters like taking time making these big old grazing boards oh i went through a stage of making cheesecakes as well because they're literally the easiest things to make um mango cheesecakes honey mangoes honey mangoes are the best Oh, and then jelly. I've become a bit of a 70s um, jelly auntie. Um, I bought like the old, you know, like the old glass moulds. Oh, brilliant. Babes, it takes time though, because obviously you put one section in and then it's like, you've got to let that set, then another colour, let that set. And I put strawberries and raspberries in. But the old glass ones look amazing. But like there's been some accidents because basically what people don't realize you've got to like heat up the glass so almost like if you put it on the plate you
0: melted it
1: no i didn't melt the glass oh okay no no
0: did you melt the jelly no
1: but there's been some accidents okay but you know i really wanted to make the proper like 70s like jelly with like the different i
0: love it i love it a bit like abigail's party do you know what actually i feel like jelly is going to make a comeback
1: I love jelly. You could
0: make like a re- you could make like a gin infused jelly or something.
1: There you go, babes. What a good idea! I'm actually- make like a
0: gin and elderflower sort of jelly or something. Can I
1: show you what else we're I've been making? I'm just gonna get it. No yeah. one, no one else can see. What is that? That is apple infused gin. Oh
0: my god! So, wait, so you've just bought gin and you've been infusing it with apples?
1: Yeah. Mango. That looks and un- infused gin. Oh my- And last but not least, fig infused gin.
0: Oh my, Felicity. Big mood. Big drink. This is epic.
1: <laughs> this is epic. Yeah. She's
0: literally got all these beautiful bottles of infused gin. Oh, why can't lockdown end? Because I want to come over for a bloody drink. <laughs>
1: no, don't worry, babes, because these these need a couple of months. Okay, fine. I mean, you can see by this bottle now, you guys can't, can't see it, but... The, the apple is really, um, the colours really come off it. It's quite beautiful. looks
0: fabulous. Um, I really want to try the apple one. That's right up my street.
1: Yeah.
0: Apple gym. Delicious. When you are allowed back out into the open world, where are some of your
1: favourite restaurants to go? Ooh. Um, the Rhythm Kitchen. There is, well, there is, they've got a, um, there's one in Walthamstow, but then there is one in Westfield in Stratford. They do the best jerk salmon. Nice. Um, where, do you know what? Oh, there is uh, Lobos Tapas in Soho, Zalman's. Um, I do love rocker as well. Oh, yeah,
0: that's uh, special.
1: That's a special occasion though, rocker I mm. get a little bit carried away.
0: I always end my chats with a few quick fire questions. Are you ready? Yes, babes. So, my favourite snack in the entire world is a packet of crisps. (laughs) (laughs) What is your favourite flavour and why? Right.
1: Uh, But, I mean, (laughs) there's different variations, okay? So, my go I mean... You you can
0: give me a couple, you can give me a couple.
1: Cheese and onion. Really? I am not a salt and vinegar fan because they sting your mouth and I think they're basic.
0: I don't love. hurt me like that you're hurting me in the heart stop no babe no
1: <laughs> it's fine it's fine you, you are either a salt and vinegar or a cheese and onion gal. it's fine um <sighs> I like all variations of like kind of like the cheese and onion I also like you know like sour cream and chive which is I think a sister of the cheese yeah and onion. I agree I one of my favorite crisps are um can I say the brand of course um they are the mini cheddars crinkles
0: okay actually i've got to be honest i haven't tried those yet
1: the crinkles are the best so are they an um, actual
0: mini cheddar but they're but they're crinkled
1: they're mini cheddars but they are crinkled, and they taste delicious um do you remember when they used to have like the cheese and ham and the barbecue mini cheddars yes i think it was like maybe a proper like a bit of a old school thing um they they might up, be up there with some of my favorite crisps although I'll tell you
0: what I really love. Do you like cheese balls?
1: I don't like the powderiness of them. Right no,
0: so you're not a Wotsits girl.
1: No, I like Watsits, but cheese balls that have that powder inside them is not it's the same sort of powder that they have in those Tuck biscuits. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? No, 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 no. I'm for the real cheese, hunt. I ain't for this powder stuff. Listen,
0: can I just say something? Um, actually, Marks and Spencers do a cheese ball that doesn't have the powder in it, but it's like it tastes a bit like a a, a, a bloody poor man's uh, what's it? But they are the real deal. Seriously. And a great cheese flavour. And they really, really go well with like a chipstick. I know you're not salt and vinegar, but they kind of like balance.
1: Oh, ribbon saucy knickknacks.
0: Oh God, I haven't had a knickknack in years. I'll be honest with you. I actually would probably rather go for a sour cream and chive than a cheese and onion.
1: That's okay because they're similar, yeah. I believe. Mm. Um I also had some very good prawn crackers the other day um, from the Chinese supermarket and it was Tom Yum flavoured prawn crackers and I've since gone back and they have sold out so it was like giving me you know a little sprinkle of like the best you know prawn crackers I've ever tasted gone back so I was sold out and I was like I know why you're sold out because they're bloody brilliant
0: I love a prawn cracker what is the craziest food you've ever eaten
1: I mean, I don't want to say something basic like frog sex. That was, but like, I'm trying to think of something that was even more mental. I was going to make a joke about how much I I hate eggs. Do you actually hate eggs? I hate eggs. I was going to make a joke about. Oh, I tried an egg once. That was the worst thing I'd ever done. Wow! So um, you don't
0: eat? You haven't eaten them at all. I hate them. I think they're disgusting. Wow! That's a that's a really big statement. Really,
1: really not a fan. Of, really not a fan of eggs. What
0: has been your most memorable meal?
1: I honestly say any time that I have. Anytime I have a dinner with my grandparents at their house, I actually bought the, the same um, plate set when I moved into my new house. You know, the blue and white, um, what is it called? The blue and white plates. You know exactly which ones that grandmas have. Yes, I know. Um, they
0: like a design around the edge. Yeah, it's,
1: it's, they're, they're also, blue and white and they're yeah. almost... It's like a mosaic, but it's yeah. it, it's, it's like a, a scene, like of people and like houses and stuff. Yeah, it? I know, exactly. I can't remember what, what the brand is. I would say any of my most memorable meals, I mean, the thing is with me and you, we've been to so many fancy dinners and events and stuff throughout my lives. You know, the ones that mean the most to me are the ones that are like the most simple. So my nan and granddad's table that they have in their tiny kitchen uh, back in Suffolk with the same, you know, they have the napkins with the napkin rings they have the same plates the same cut glasses um they're like emerald green um placemats with these blue plates I've actually gone and bought basically the same table and the same plates for my new place so I think that kind of says it all that you know my most memorable meal is is always going to be anything that my nan uh, makes which is usually you know steak and kidney pudding with dumplings I love her.
0: What is your favourite food or it could be your favourite meal or your favourite cuisine?
1: If I could eat anything right now. Do you know what the thing is? I'm going to sound like people are going to listen to this podcast it's like, she's so British. I love a roast dinner. I really do. And I think maybe Christmas dinner has to be the winner because it's like you can just – it's so excessive. There's so many things. It's like – There's so many possibilities. (laughs) It's like a roast dinner buffet. Yeah. A Christmas dinner. I agree. I'm going to say Christmas dinner, but on the side of that I really like Japanese food. So completely different, but I I have to say I think a roast dinner is going to have to win. Yeah,
0: I get that. I I totally get that. There's also something so comforting about that meal as well. Like mm. eating a roast dinner feels like home.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Final question, live to eat or eat to live?
1: Oh! again say again say again i've got to my eyes
0: <laughs> she's meditating on it live to eat or eat to live
1: live to eat
0: good girl absolutely of course this is what this is all about i have no judgment if anybody's going to say eat to live i've had quite a few answers of that and they have their reasons but for me i am in total agreement with you
1: yeah life's too short
0: life is too bloody short Felicity you are an absolute joy you've just made my day I think that you are just not only a wonderful person but I so wish that there were more people like you whilst I was growing up and I think what you're doing and the message that you're you're giving out there is just so invaluable for women for men for the younger generation for the older generation so thank you so much you can follow Felicity on social media at Felicity Hayward. Until next time. Bye. Oh bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening this week. If you love what you hear, please subscribe and leave a lovely review. And if you can't get enough of me, follow me on Instagram at Crazy Sexy Food. And do visit the Crazy Sexy Food YouTube channel where there are plenty of shows for you to watch. Until next time. Bye.